In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including a wrap-up of spring football, cracking one game away from uh, uh, eliminating the Stanley Cup, uh, defending Stanley Cup champions from the playoffs, but we're here to talk Huskies uh, before we head into the summer of hopefully very busy news on the recruiting front. Less a little bit about what's going on with the football team until we uh, get wrapped up and or fired up for for season preview stuff in a few months. But I am your host, Hooligan Seven. I'm here tonight with Johnny Tugs, DJ K Woody, and Hood Husky, uh, otherwise known tonight as Dog Recognized Dog. And we saw a lot of them on Saturday. How are you, gentlemen, doing tonight? Let's go. Doing great. Splendid. Splendid. <laughs> Without further ado. Uh, let's get into uh, to beverages. Uh, Tugs, what do you got tonight? Tugs is sipping on a G&T. Nice. Nice. DJ, how about you? All right. Uh, I'm just doing some water. Uh, I was going to ask what's a G&T because I'm dumb, but no, I know what it is. I figured it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Well, gonna ask. Yeah. It took me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, how about you, bud? Uh, I'm actually sipping on the body armor, you know, the, the watermelon strawberry flavor. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm also, uh, the, uh, get in better shape hooligan effort is still ongoing. So I'm on team H2O tonight. Um, I have been very, 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 uh, limitedly, uh, sipping a, an adult beverage. Um, but, uh, hoping to, to, you know, as we get closer to the season, though. I'll have more beverages and more fancy beers to talk about. <laughs> All right. We can uh, move right into to stupid tweets uh, sponsored by Kevin King. Um, uh, any of you gentlemen have any that you've uh, got to, to mention this evening? I've got three of it uh, over the course of the last month or so, but uh, I yield the floor. Yeah, I, I got one. You probably got, I think you have one of the same ones. Uh, it was posted on the 19th. It says, God, by Kenny Sloth. It says, I'm sorry. Please show me a play where he gets the ball to travel further than 25 yards in the air. Just a small arm. Can't justify drafting a dude without a hose. About any Michael Penix. Who that yes, I was going to say, any idea who that guy's talking about? Michael Penix Jr. There, there's no way. He has to be trolling. Uh, but he definitely got a lot of flack on Twitter about this. He got one like and 10 quote tweets. So, uh, got ratio pretty hard. Well, and particularly given that the Jalen Polk touchdown in that game was <laughs> yeah. 51 yards in the air. The Taj Davis was a 33 yard rope to, to the sideline. Uh, yeah, that's just, I'd say it's a stupid tweet, but it's a duck tweet. Like that's just <laughs> yeah, kind of par for their unfortunate course. Not to mention that, that touchdown to uh, Taj Davis was across the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 33 yep, yards vertically and then like 60 yards probably from from one hash to the other on a rope to beat a defensive back. Um, you know, Oregon defensive backs getting beat. Like that happened a fair bit last year when they you know played a good team. Um, they, they should have saw the holes firsthand, if anything. <laughs> It was in their house, uh, unlike the, the case this year. Um, I do definitely have to uh, go go back a little bit further. Uh, this was at Brendan Potts. Um, 
quote tweeting something in regards to Haley Van Lith leaving Louisville. Uh, Mr. Potts is a, is a Cougar fan and he tweeted the gift from the office of, Oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. Well, Haley did end up at a state school, but one with a fairly significantly higher profile in women's basketball than Washington state university. Uh, so yeah. Uh, there's no way she would, she didn't even think about that issue. No, <laughs> Not even a chance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Washington Cam Ward's got a higher chance of winning the Heisman than Haley Van Lith coming to Washington State, uh, and that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming you have the, unless someone else has it. But I'll let you say who again. The one that was sent the other day to each other about the West Coast. Yes, uh, college football. Yeah, yeah, West Coast college football highlighting the spring game attendance or an article from Athlon Sports and shame on you, Athlon Sports as well. Um, given number one, that the picture that was included in the article was before the, was from before the game, even like the spring game even started before they were even scrimmaging discounted the fact that a large majority of our fans were up in club Husky thanks to a good promo that our athletic department ran for people to, to use club Husky tickets to, and then go hear a talk from Jamarcus Shepard. I unfortunately wasn't able to attend that had to, to get back. Um, and further all this is all things that happened in Seattle this past Saturday. So at the same time, the Husky spring game was happening. There was a NW, the OL rain was playing a home match that was followed that evening by a home Sounders match. Across the street from Lumen Field, the Mariners were playing a home game against the Cardinals. Pretty fairly well-known baseball team that might draw a little bit of a crowd. Oh, and then there was that other thing, the first home playoff game in Kraken history. But yeah, it's, I mean, like, congratulations to all the schools in the SEC and in towns that don't have major league franchises that have 55,000 people at your spring game. Cool. Uh, we had four professional teams in Seattle play the same day as our spring game. It's different up here. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And and all those tweets about the spring game, boasting about their spring, whoever spring game crowd, all stupid. I mean, sure, like, do I wish there's a little bit more fans of the Husky spring Absolutely. game? Sure. But is it a big deal? No. no. Is it going <laughs> to make a, a difference between, like, is spring gaming attendance going to change – one point scored for or against next fall. I think what the, the writer's name, what Milo Tybee, Milo, Milo Tybee. Yeah. Milo Tybee. Yeah. Got to call him out. Not just the athlon, just call him out for doing a lazy. Yeah. Job. I, I tried to find like, he chose to what kind of quality journal, you know, journalist he is or what kind of engagement he's looking for when you don't even have an active Twitter account. Yeah, man. What did that? What did that? Uh, King Five Sports came out and said it was like what ninety two thousand fans. Ninety three thousand. Like, so across all of those the professional sports games that we mentioned, ninety three thousand five hundred people attended a game in Seattle on Saturday. Not, not to mention, wasn't there a softball game going on right next door at the time? Uh, yeah, softball. UW softball played Utah at four o'clock that that afternoon. Um. Not to mention that, you know, the city of Seattle is always under road construction. And downtown was a mess. So that's just what happens. People who don't come from places with recycle bins, 
you know what I'm saying, and sidewalks and things like that. You know, we actually have a recycle truck that comes and picks our stuff up off the sidewalk. So it's, it's called developed city. It's called civilization. A civilization. Those are the things that we have to deal with. <laughs> All right. We can, uh, I think we can move on to the main topic for the, or actually before we move into the main topic and talk about what we think and what we've heard from the spring, um, wanted to send a big thank you to Jason Kirk and the UW Mama Jama for supporting the podcast uh, Jason, please contact Hooligan via DM on Twitter, or you can email us at soundlessironpod at gmail uh, to uh, arrange uh, to, to get to work on happy hour pod scheduling in case you missed it in our last episode. Uh, we are now doing a voluntary um, support of the podcast to support our uh, efforts to continue to produce the podcast. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so at podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash sound the siren pod uw slash support thank you very much um so at the various tiers you get shout outs at the the next tier up uh we will do a once a quarter we'll do happy hour podcasts um with with the broader audience um and then uh, at the the highest uh, sponsorship level you can get a segment named after you um so we thank you for your support thanks for listening uh, but let's move into to talking about spring ball um that being Hood, what did you think about what you saw on Saturday? Uh, what were you happiest about, most impressed by, and maybe a area of concern or, or kind of a, a question mark that you have going into to next fall? Uh, I would say I went in kind of just uh, open-minded. I tried to go in with no preconceived notions. Um, came away with, you know, uh, the DBs really caught me off guard in their aggression. Um, I will say they they – I'm pretty sure they knew a lot of uh, a lot of the plays that were coming, but at the same time, still having the aggression and the confidence to be able to make the plays um, afterwards. DeBoer mentioned that um, you know he, he gave a lot of athletic praise to Thaddeus Gibson, Javion Green, um, but then said somebody like Elijah Jackson is consistent, and those are the types of things that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I'll say uh, uh, most surprised by I would say the the, the DB room kind of going from a place of no depth to probably be one of the strongest places on a defense. Um, surprised by, um, I will say our interior offensive line. Um, I will say that also can be the area of the, the primary area of improvement too, but I just thought the transition over to, um, the, the second team, you know, losing Jackson and, and Henry, I, I thought the transition would be a little bit smoother, but, you did see the interior defensive line kind of dominate um, the interior offensive line. Uh, Michael uh, Penning's getting his foot stepped on in one of the earlier plays of the game. So just kind of that was something that kind of surprised me was their um, their pass protection. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's probably the main things for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think one of the other things that definitely stood out is uh, – how well we were joking about it a little bit uh, when you were up in the in Club Husky. Uh, we talked a little bit about it afterwards, and I was talking about it with some friends, including our buddy Squints, um, on Saturday. The the depth in the receiver room is just flat out ridiculous, um, and that's yeah. if if t- to your point, Hood, about the interior offensive line, um, if if we can keep. Mike clean 
I mean, I don't think it's reasonable to us for us to expect that he's going to be sacked nine times all season like he was last year. But if we're 85% of that and it doesn't overly disrupt his timing, um, there's weapons on this team that you're just not going to be able to stop everybody. We didn't even see Dylan Johnson in the spring, and you're going to see a different attitude, a different performance, a different threat from the entirety of the running back room that was not the case. This is not to disrespect the guys on the team last year, um, but there's just different elements. There's different athletes. There's athletes that are a year better. Um, They're going to be involved in the pass game, and even if you take two or three of the receivers away, one of the tight ends, one of the running backs is going to get open and hurt you. Go ahead, Tugs. So why didn't uh, Dylan Johnson play? And if we were going to go like um, running back, like list them on, on playing, what, what, what are we thinking? I think he is carrying a little bit of a knock to use a soccer term. Uh, I think it's a matter of if, if we were getting ready for, if this was like the final scrimmage of the fall, heading into Boise state. I think he probably would have seen the field a little bit, but I think it's, there's no point in risking an aggravation of even a minor injury at this point in the season. Um, particularly for an experienced guy like, like he is, who's played four years in the sec. Like, yes, the offense is different, but I think he's getting the mental reps. No, no reason to risk the injury. Agreed. And, and then just to piggyback off of you to thought, identifying the running back room as well. I definitely think that the running back room is going to be able to compensate well enough for the interior offensive yep. line, like you mentioned. Uh, just even, you know, obviously we, <laughs> you and I saw the size of, of number seven out there, Dylan Johnson. Uh, we saw the size of him, big dude. Um, but I did see a little bit of a wiggle and a burst in Cam Cam Davis that I haven't seen before. Um, this is, a, I can't, I can't say this super confidently, but is this the first spring where he's been healthy? I think so. I know it might it very well might be the first spring that he's that he's been healthy. See, and gotten so number like one, you're and gotten consistent number one reps because Dylan Johnson's right. been out. exactly. So I think you're seeing a little bit of a different burst and uh, the game slowing down. You definitely can see the vision uh on times where it would have been two or three yard gains. He was able to wiggle and kind of use his feet for, you know, four, five, six. So I definitely, kind of to my surprise with the O-line, um, I would say that I do feel like there's going to be some compensation there from the running back. Uh, yeah. Skills. Yeah, the defense, I mean, to that point, like the defense kind of had the whole offense bottled up for the first little stretch. Uh, and then things really did start to open up on Saturday. We started kind of running more downhill, just more between the tackles, more a little less sideline to sideline. And I think positively, I think we're going to see improvements from the defense sideline to sideline in the area of concern maybe for the defense going into the season is a little bit more of that north and south. And I think there's only a select amount of teams that have the offensive line in the running back room capable of, of running north and south with a bunch of success with any degree of, or with a, enough success against us to, to make it a concern. Uh, tugs to the second part of your question, um, I'll answer and, and then certainly Hood. Um, I think it's probably Dylan Johnson is, is your one. I think Cam Davis is your two. But I, I mean, I think it's really more of a one and one A there. And then I think and I think you're going to see. And then in terms of the third back, I think it's going to be a lot of like matchup dependent or what they what the you know what you know this staff is really good at making adjustments and like what they're trying to get. And so I think you're going to see a fair amount of Sam Adams. I think you're going to see a fair amount of Will Nixon. I think you're going to see some Daniel Nagata. I think you're going to see some Richard Newton. Um, 
I don't necessarily, I can't definitively say like who's the number three with any degree of confidence. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I was actually going to ask uh, DJ beyond beyond Dylan Johnson and, and Cam Davis. I think maybe you can pencil in like uh, as far as that like full complete guy who can do everything that the first two guys can do. I would say it's probably yep. Sam Adams, but everybody's going to be weaponized kind of differently. I'm, I, I would I'd be even confident to say you may see two on the field a lot more often than you saw last year. You know, one maybe split out. Um, like Jamar Gibbs was last year for Alabama and then one kind of in the backfield. So you got to take into account, too, Dylan Johnson has had over 100 career receptions. So um, that's notable as well. So he's a weapon in the pass game, along with Will Nixon, Daniel Angata, Sam Adams, all phenomenal pass catchers. <clears throat> so Sam Adams had a good spring game then, and he looked good, huh? That's I would say just more so of a culmination of just all of spring practice and then just some of the development coming in from actually getting reps last year and actually having a different, uh, you know, like honing in his craft, honing in his body and things like that. Like he looks like a completely different athlete in general, just his physique out there. He's a, um, he's another guy that like finally probably more fully healthy for the first time in his UW career. If not three. I mean, the... I legitimately think if Taj Davis was a Washington State Cougar, he'd be their number one receiver. And that's a bowl team. Like, and he's our five. I mean, that's... Uh, and, and to that point, and this is no disrespect to Taj, um, I think as, as particularly as he gets more familiar with the system, I think the in some way, shape, or form, your clear number four, your fourth most productive receiver next year... Again, this is if everybody's healthy, and he could potentially challenge to be third. Is going to be Jeremy Bernard. That guy's for real. The two that the two that dominated the spring game were obviously you know Rome with the conversion kind of stuff, but were Denzel Boston, mm-hmm. and Jeremy Bernard. So those aren't even the. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean Denzel's our six. That he's Denzel. what six four two fifteen runs like a gazelle like. <laughs> Like we're, we're runs runs well enough that we hand the ball to him on a fly sweep. <laughs> that look, that was an accident. But we did it last. Like he scored on a touchdown run last year. Mm-hmm. That same like, play. <laughs> one thing seeing and one thing I was so I'll say just two two different things. But first I'll say personnel wise, seeing uh like uh, Zach Durfee in person after just kind of being a little disconnected and and. Things like that, like seeing him in person. Oh yeah, a very very big kid. Fast. Um, you know, I'll say like watching it, watching him go up against our offensive line. You know, you get to see the reps where he's not winning and those types of things, and how he's not winning. Um, so, uh, but but the ceiling is definitely there, and the, the hype is definitely for real. Uh, Himes looks looks good as well. He has one kind of uh, kind of move. Uh, that that definitely gets him around that edge pretty often, but doesn't really have anything beyond that. But it's really, really exciting to see uh, his development as well. Um, and then, like I said, just some personnel things. Kind of seeing Mish actually playing, you know, safety was pretty cool. Um, you know, it wasn't in the slot or wasn't no pseudo safety. You know, it was <clears throat> it was middle field open. Mish or Dom? You know, and him and Cam. Uh, okay. Mish. Um, um, 
back there as well as Cam Fab as well. And I I had you know I was watching Cam Fab really really close, and he had a very very good game as well. So just kind of monitoring uh, you know some of these guys being put in different positions and seeing if they can excel or if they can kind of find a better role than mm-hmm. they struggled in maybe last year was kind of cool. So um, if you were to say let's go if i was to ask you too deep on dbs what what would you say i mean me me personally like i'm a huge thaddeus dixon guy um i would say thaddeus dixon and uh elijah jackson on the outside just for your kind of length and athleticism um and then i would i would have obviously mish at that husky with and this is kind of a mix up here but i would actually say um you know have Jabbar Muhammad be the first safety in, you know, um, just, but he oh, started, put him at safety? The, huh? Put him at safety. Uh, well, yeah, just, I would just say first DBN. So kind of whether that's oh. at safety, whether that's at Husky, whether that's, you know, boundary field. Um, I, 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 I would rather have the length start, um, and the physicality start and then kind of plug and play where a, a playmaker is needed. So if you need that six DB or if you need somebody to roam into the box and he plays over top, whatever, if you need the QB spy and have Dom do that and he can play over top. So I would just say first DB in anywhere. Um, I would say Cam Fab in that too deep. Um, I like what I saw from Vince Nunley um, for sure. So I would say he's in a the mix there. And then Mikel mm-hmm. Steen there. Is- and then, so, um, yeah. yeah. And I think Christian Dunn, like, my God, uh, just kind of started watching some individual reps of him, and he's a violent kid, like plays full speed. And with that size, him playing full speed is like really chaotic. So it's it was pretty intense for me to watch him too. So that's the name. Where where did I where did Dixon come from? That is Dixon. College of LA. Uh, long, yeah. Did he college. transfer? He was a junior college. Yeah, JUCO. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. He's big as hell. College of Sioux Falls. Kalen's alma mater. Like, yeah. A giant and, amongst and boys. The, <laughs> and Eddie said, like, he knew he was for real. Like, the, the, the Sioux Falls stuff didn't mean nothing because he knew he was for real when he was, like, lifting next to him or something. Like, he was, like, his lifting partner. And he was like, "Oh, this boy can like lift, lift." Okay. Like, yeah, I, I'm that's so kind of funny. When you got to, I'm, I'm twice, so happy that to see Eddie back out there to, to DJ. To your point, and like in terms of certainly also like what will mitigate some of my concern with the the downhill running against our defense is you know it's it's being stout at every level, and like I certainly think like we're developing a lot of an, a nice depth in the interior of our defensive line, certainly as well as, you know, replacing what, you know, we lost with Jeremiah Martin and, and of course Savelle has transferred with their, you know, Durfee and Himes has continued to progress. Obviously we've got Braylon Trice returning outside who led the country in pressures last year. Um, but Eddie and, you know, another year of experience for Zotube and Carson and bringing in go forth. I'm a lot more, I feel a lot better about our linebacker play coming into this season than I did last last year. Um, and Eddie's health is a huge part of that. And seeing him go sideline to sideline again, is, is it's an encouraging sign for sure. 
Uh, how did uh, go? How did Goforth look on the spring preview? He, he's explosive, man. Um, <clears throat> I think he's a huge addition to the team. I, I mean, at the end of the day, Inge likes to rotate four mm. plus guys. And don't sleep anyway. on Devin Bryant. And, <laughs> Sorry. And uh, right, you know, he's definitely. I think he definitely could touch four games. I think Diesel Gordon could t- touch four games as well. But beyond that, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Goforth looked fast and explosive. Um, I think what they clocked in what. Uh, four linebackers over 20 miles an hour or something like that, which is wild, including Carson Bruner. So I think that like we, we kind of are overlooking that room a little bit because we understand how deep it is. Um, but I think they're going to be called upon big time this year. Um, we talked about interior offensive line. I think, you know, we're not really getting, you know, I know and respectfully, I don't think we're getting top tier iron sharpening iron at those positions right now. So I think you have somebody like, uh, um, uh, Bandis able to dominate a spring game, you know, and I think that's more so indicative of the interior offensive line than maybe any Bandis's, you know, um, light came on <laughs> high high level ceiling or you know playability. So I think that's that was kind of sneaky to watch as well. Like I would I would tell fans to kind of maybe expect maybe another body there, or um, just understand that that's going to be a position that we still need to. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I would just say I would I would prefer I would prefer that because uh, I, I think we're getting I don't I don't think we're getting a good indication of how good or bad our defensive line is considering well, who, who there the how the step back the line is taken. Yeah, I mean, and team. some of that is going to be natural because you're losing two fifth year senior fifth or sixth year seniors in mm-hmm. Bainey. And Kirkland's, and then uh, and Luciano. And Luciano. I mean, Luciano, I was he was a, a transfer in like I think a junior college as well. But it, mm-hmm. you're losing three very experienced players and replacing them. Yes, you, they've been on the team for a while, but it's their first time kind of stepping up into that role. I, I'm, I'm echoing and, <laughs> and emphasizing your point, but um, yep. I think I think. I think you get yep. more turnovers this year. I think you can see that, can't you? Like, I think you can see kind of the defense yep. more aggressive, uh, and even to the point maybe even risking a penalty here or there on the outside. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yep. attack this receiver. I'm gonna attack this offense. Um, I think you're gonna see a lot more. I don't. I wouldn't say you're gonna see the same maybe like pass rush yep. success rate that Martin and Trice had last year. But I do think that um, you know having Eddie back, having Carson Bruner, those two are. Very, very good blitzers for linebackers. Um, and I, I do think you're going to see still see that pressure there. But I think you're yep. going to see us take the ball. And I, and I think the other thing, and, and I think, Hood, you said this earlier, something that is also going to be a mitigating factor if we do have some concerning, if there's a, a full step back in terms of the interior line play is the ability to really leverage the running backs in the passing game as that either as a quick dump off or with intentional screens and sense and set that up to the point even and with the athletes that we now have in that room you're going to impact the defense's ability to really put pressure or do things unique to, to try and exploit the weakness of what a perceived weakness of the interior offensive line if you can dump it to a dylan johnson and camp or a cam davis and then suddenly you've just given up 15 yards you're going to have to get home in a hurry. 
Yep, and then with the like we always talk about this rotation of this rotation of receivers too. You know what I mean? Like we're always gonna have you know defenses on their toes, and there's no there's no uh, D, uh, there's no team in the country that has as many DBs that can guard as many rotations of receivers as we have. So if we need to wear down on an offense, you know maybe they're getting pressure here, pressure there. But if we maybe need to wear out on a uh, wear down on an offense, I think we yep. can do so. Tugs, it looks like you had a question. Oh, um, I was uh, just wondering how uh, Lance Holdclaw looked. Did you guys did you guys notice him at, at the spring preview at all? He was he was oh. hurt. Oh, he oh yeah he hurt. was in yeah he was in street clothes. Uh, him, I think uh, I think I saw Linian Davis in street clothes. Uh, a couple other a couple other people. I can't remember off the top of my head, but okay. yeah, he was he was out, brother. <clears throat> I don't remember seeing Jordan Whitney play, so I'm kind of curious if he was out there. Uh, I remember Devin Bryant. I remember Diesel Gordon getting out there making a tackle. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like heard- his coach was like his coach was yelling for him to get onto a different part of the formation, but like he read the play faster than like the coach did. So he was like, "Oh, good job, Diesel." <laughs> well, and that's a, like to talk about depth. That's what, like we, you know, like we talked about it with the receiver, and we talked about it with the defensive backs, like. That's not, and we didn't talk about the people that aren't on campus yet. Like, in particular, you talk about the receivers. Like, receiver is not an, an an unheard of place for a freshman to come in and make an impact. I think I'm. I don't expect a refresh. Like, barring injury, I don't expect a, a true freshman to make a tremendous impact this fall because of the depth in that room. Yeah. But don't sleep. Like, we have like in terms of one, two, three. Maybe USC. I mean, like, yeah, USC is probably comparable, but I'll I'll happily take Rome, Jalen, and Jalen every Saturday as a, as a one, two, three. Plus, you add Jeremy Bernard. Plus, you add you know Denzel. Plus Taj. Plus Giles. I think you're, plus. I think you're going to see a yep. lot of Giles this year. I think Giles has put his head down and has worked on his craft. Um, obviously, as you can see, like. Breaking mm-hmm. a bunch of tackles. Um, obviously, I, got a lot more physical. Got to got to point out your guy though, Hooligan. Though um, you know, Tugs asked us about the running back room, and one of the young young cats in that room. You know who you know you know your guy, Hooligan Tywell. How did I how did I miss that? <laughs> that show guy. That, that I'm definitely right yeah, there. I'm who's probably big Tybo fan. Um, I am not. Goes to show you how long a week I had that I did not mention Tybo in the conversation. Who's going to get some run? Um, and now, hopefully, for for our long term interest, um, I hope Tybo shows out in four games, <laughs> and that we have plenty of production from everyone else in the room, so that he's able to preserve his redshirt, and we have four more years of eligibility for Mister Rogers. Um, and uh, spending a lot of time in. Our yeah. opponent's end zones is his new neighborhood. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. The, the youth looked real good, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a different type kind of thing. I really wasn't paying attention to other programs and how they were doing early enrollments, but you know, top of my head, what, what did we get? Seven guys, eight guys that mm-hmm. came in early. You know, and and that's wild. You know, that shows a lot of the buy-in, you know, from the from these recruit uh, these kids and uh, and yeah. the coaches. And I, 
pretty well. I will also say, like, I was pretty so, impressed. Uh, you know, certainly it was late and it was against the second and third string, but uh, the transfer quarterback, Anthony Johnson, showed up a little bit. Yeah, he was solid. I, I don't remember his last name, Johnson or Jones. But <laughs> look that up. Who is this? But, uh, the, probably but yeah, our third string quarterback. That, that came in out of a junior college. Um, let me look that up. With the Bishop Blanchett. He, he threw a nice ball, man. He was accurate. Alex Johnson? Yeah, yep, yep. Alex, not Anthony. He was My bad. super accurate, bro. <laughs> yeah, you good. You know, you got the uh, the initials right. He was solid, bro. He looked, he looked like he was ready, you know? Obviously, it's against, you know, who it's against, but... Mm-hmm. He'll continue to get reps in the summer and stuff like that. If, hey, if Ryan Grubb, if Ryan, if yeah. Ryan Grubb sees it in you, you know what I mean? Full I trust. Gotta, Full stop. <laughs> also, mm-hmm. Austin Mack is huge. All right, what did you say to say, Tug? <laughs> oh, did he get some reps in the spring game? No, no, he didn't. He just was uh, – <clears throat> Shout out to shout out to our guy Matt. Uh, he was just sitting next to Matt and I. Um, yeah, very large human, but was was very dialed in. Him and his family were very dialed in. So there was obviously a bunch of recruits there too, and a lot of them were dialed in. Um, it was real cool to see, you know, just kind of hear some of the dialogue uh, about the program and you know about certain players and players thinking that they would do certain things in certain positions and how coaches were interacting with their players and telling them what to watch. So it was a real cool environment just to kind of see how some of the day-to-day interactions kind of go and some of the kids' focal points and things like that and what draws interest. And that was pretty solid to see. That's cool. Oh, yeah. And you could you could tell I, they were having a blast, I heard, man. I heard somebody say that uh, Jacob Bands looked look different. Is that true? I mean, yeah, he was he was making plays. Uh, I'll, I'll say uh, I, I would hope that he continues to make plays. Um, what I what I personally kind of tied it to is I do think that our defensive line is more experienced than our offensive line, so I think that they're able to play some type some some like you know some type of veteran um, games on our interior offensive line. So I don't I don't necessarily think it's a it's a total like talent thing. I don't think that our interior defensive line is like overly talented or super elite. <clears throat> I just think they dominated a very inexperienced offensive line. Um, but hopefully, you know, I'm wrong there, and uh, and hopefully, you know, Bandis has taken a huge step. His energy was was great. Uh, his energy was great out there. It's talent to bat balls down, so I do recognize you know that added into his skill set. Um, but yeah, I got to see that. In got to see it. I got to see it. Counts. You know what the. I gotta see it. I gotta yep. see what. I know Tooley's gonna show up. I know. I saw how hard those uh, those Parker brothers were playing. Um, you know, we're gonna need somebody, somebody really to step up there, uh, and or get somebody or grab somebody in the portal. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I'll just to wrap it up. I, I, you know, I'm certainly encouraged. I can't wait for it to to be August and where we're where we're talking about first days of fall camp and getting ready for a prognostication, you know, we'll, we'll do, uh, we'll probably get the gang together and do like a, a post spring prognostications and then a, a, a pre season or, or we'll just, we can just wait, but, uh, we'll do a, a happy hour pod sometime soon. We'll bring back that format, uh, welcoming some of the, the people that have sponsored the pod, 
Um, certainly big shouts to softball um, for them. They're continuing to have a, a pretty good season Took care of, you know, one, two or three against Utah Tugs. I believe that you uh, got to experience uh, and saw them play Seattle U last night. Oh yeah. We went to the Seattle U game last night and uh, it was, it was really fun. If you have it, if you get a chance to go out and uh, support the, the, uh, the UW softball team, go do it. They're awesome. The infield is it. They're really fun to watch. They're super intimidating towards the other team. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Like, yeah. Watching. We got to watch Ruby pitch. She didn't start, but she, she finished like the last two innings. So that was, that was great. And uh, yeah, they're, they're uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. All right. I think that'll about uh, do it. A, a, a relatively short one for us. Uh, thanks for listening. Go dogs. And we'll be back soon. Go dogs. You guys Go got dogs. a lot to be excited for. <laughs>